welcome to the Principles of Success podcast. This is your host, Dr. Shana Henry. This podcast is for current or aspiring female school leaders and those who are supportive of their journeys. Each week, we will hear from passionate educational leaders. I will also share my reflections from over 15 years as a school leader. Together, we will talk about how to level up our schools and our leadership. Hello and welcome back. Now, before I introduce today's guests, I want to let you know that we will be taking a two-week break and the next new episode will go live on January 5th. If you haven't caught up with past episodes, this is a great time to check them out. You can visit principlesofsuccess.com to find past episodes or scroll through the show page on the podcast player you listen to. In both places, you can also find the Buy Me a Coffee link or button if you would like to help financially support the show. For today's episode, I am honored to be joined by Liz Garden. Liz is an elementary principal on the East Coast, and today we are having a conversation about the human side of education. Liz has been a principal for over 15 years, and we explored the challenge of being a principal after returning from the pandemic and the ways she communicates to staff and herself that taking care of yourself is a priority. Let's get started. Principal Liz Garden, welcome to the show. Hello. Good to be with you. Yes, good to be with you. I'm really excited to talk to you. When we met a few months ago, I I shared, I feel really humbled because I feel like you're an OG, like like in the principal world, and (laughs) I've been following you forever. So it's just such an honor to to have the space and that you're giving up your time for this. Awesome. Thank you. Um, Before we get too deep into things, I would love people to know why you're an OG. Can you tell a little (laughs) bit about yourself? Yes, I can. It is kind of weird when I stop and think how long I have been a principal. um, It doesn't feel like it's been that long. So I am in my, I think, like 15th or 16th year as a school leader. And I was a teacher before that for about 11 years. I taught kind of all over the place. I was in second grade. I taught kids on the spectrum at a residential school. I taught high school biology. I taught middle school special ed. I just knew I wanted to work with kids, made the jump into administration. Well, I think I was really more pushed into it. I was I was kind of like shoved into it and um you know, haven't looked back. Um, I have been in four different school districts here in Massachusetts. So I've kind of had a really great range of communities I've worked with, different school settings. I mean, I started off as an early childhood administrator. So I had um, three schools actually that I was assistant principal for in um, all pre-K and kindergarten. That was really fun to start off with. Um, and then I moved into an elementary school that was a K to four school in like a suburban environment. The early childhood was in an urban setting. Um, then I switched to a very different district where I was a, a principal of a K to five school, pretty large school in a very large geographic district. And now, um, this summer I started July one in another district. Um, and my school is pre K to four. So I'm excited to get my pre Kers back. <laughs> um, and it's a smaller school, um, and smaller district, but. I am loving it, and I just love that I've had a chance to have such an impact on so many different kids and families and staff. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love that. And, you know, your story is very similar to mine in that I, I was a principal for about 18 years and four schools. And I find that so rare, but I feel like I've learned so much from that. Do you feel the mm. same that there were some intentional moves to just try different environments? Totally. I mean, you know, for sure, when I started off early childhood, you know, I loved that opportunity. Like I said, I had one school that was all kindergartners, like <laughs> lots and yeah, lots of kindergartners. Well. <laughs> um, and being in a, you know, an urban environment and predominantly um, English um, learners. And, you know, so that was like a really great experience. And then switching to, then I was like, you know, but I really want a different range of ages. And so going into a school with, you know, K to four, it was nice to kind of have that that range of um, at different levels of child development. Um, and that, because that's what, I didn't go to school for education. I went to school, mm. I mean, I I waited <laughs> to decide what I was going to do, but child development was what I studied. And, and so I feel like that's what I've been doing in my career is really continuing to study child development. You know, I just happen to be a principal while I'm doing that. Right. Um, but to have the, the very different communities, um, the different grade spans, the different, you know, um, environments, I, I learn every time, you know, I mean, and before I was a principal, I also taught in both public school and private school. So I take that experience. You know, I worked at schools that were entirely kids, every child in the school had a disability, you know, so I've had just like a wide range. Um, and I, mm -hmm. I learn every environment I'm in, I learn and I take bits and pieces with me to the new environment. Yeah. And so being a principal for so many years, do you find that being a principal is has become easier or harder? <laughs> that's that's a tough question. Um <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> You know, I think the act of being the principal has become easier. Mm. Um the job has become harder. <laughs> Uh, you know, I think the job for all principals has become harder or the, the expectations required of us, obviously with what we just went through with the pandemic. Yeah. But, you know, t for me actually doing the job, I feel like, you know, um, and probably that's become easier for me because I'm, I'm seasoned. I have, you know, I've, there's pretty, it's pretty hard to come across an experience that, you know, I haven't encountered. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I, right now in my new school, I'll have a staff member come to me and be like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you have to deal with this. Like, this is crazy. And I was like, ah, I've had it before, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. you know, um, so that part is, is easy. Right. You know, and I've usually, I can kind of like pull from my filing cabinet in my head of like, okay, how did I respond yeah. to this before? I did it this way. You know, it, this didn't work. This did work. So I think that's like mellowed me out as a leader mm -hmm. where, you know, they're like, you're always calm. And I'm like, well, I mean, sure. But, you know, I am because I've, I've experienced a lot, but I think the job itself has become, you know, increasingly harder of what we okay. are expected to do. And just with all the outside demands um, of just society and um, our yeah. our country and, you know, just what our kids are growing up in, that part makes it hard because I take it, you know, I take my job very seriously and I feel like, you know, I have this like awesome responsibility. I mean, I am, you know, I'm impacting all of these kids' lives and, mm -hmm. you know, that's – that's, you know, I, I actually just a couple weeks ago, I write for my staff every week. And a couple weeks ago, I, I, I was writing about how, you know, I equate our jobs to being like brain surgeons, you know, the slightest change in our instructional practice, and we can make a huge difference in a kid's brain, right? And we can make it a difference in a good way, or in a not so good yeah. way. And, you know, that's a lot of pressure. 
Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's the piece that, you know, has gotten harder is just kind of like our responsibility and what we are expected to do. And it was kind of like, I guess I answered it as both. <laughs> yeah, no. And I think that was a great answer. I'm I'm resonating with what you're saying. And you're on the other side of the country from me. And I have felt the exact same way. And so I know it's not geographical then. It's just the job. Mm-hmm. And it's just become mm-hmm. harder and more complex. And I've seen a real strong uptick of that just within the last mm-hmm. few years. It wasn't, I don't feel, I feel it was a gradual um, increase. It's just been really strong these last couple of years. So if we can reflect a little bit on that, and when you talk about just those outside entities and just the expectations on us, what do you think has caused that? Well, I think the pandemic had a big part to do with it. <laughs> um, yeah. But I think even before the pandemic, I was just seeing that like societies, like the pressure put on just the pressure we put on our kids, um, you mm. know, and I'm a, I'm a mom too. So, you know, I'm raising two young kids and I'm thinking about how like, you know, we're, we're just, we're so busy. Everything is so busy <laughs> and, you know, yeah. it's, and like things are coming fast and furious always. And, and so I think like, you know, we feel that in the schools of the, the push to, for kids to, you know, to try to be, you know, be the best and try to like get everything accomplished and try to do every activity. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's hard to kind of shut that out and try mm-hmm. to remind people that, you know, we don't have to <laughs> force everything on on yeah. our kids all at the same time. And, and so I guess I would say, so then, then when the pandemic hit, right, it was like, we were already kind of going in that direction of just the pressure being put on, on schools, um, and then the pandemic hits and then kind of everybody's sort of thrown for a loop for a bit. And we have a mm-hmm. a moment of like, you know, kind of being able to slow down, right? Which is yeah. a good thing. But then, you know, it's like right away back to, um, okay, like get back to business in the schools. And, mm-hmm. and in fact, not only get back to business, but like do way, do way even better and faster yeah. and, you know, Everybody, you know, like it's like a it was a blip on the radar <laughs> and like now we're back. And yeah. that's just not, you know, that's not the reality. And I mean, I, I was in a, a conference yesterday and I always love um, Dr. Nicole Brathwaite. She's a child psychologist and she talks a lot about toxic stress and, you know, trauma-informed practices. And every time I listen to her, I've listened to her many times, I'm just like always, it's so, it's such an important message that I just wish everybody would hear that, you know, mm-hmm. like- we just went through such an amazing thing where everybody's traumatized and you can't just go back to like, you know, what we were before. And maybe we shouldn't even go back to what we were before, but it's hard to, um, it's hard to change those like societal views of, of, um, of everything, um, in education. And so I don't know, that's just, that's just like, I'm kind of, you know, um, I'm hopeful that, more people can kind of spread the message that, you know, we need to let kids be kids and we need to <laughs> let teachers, you know, do their jobs. But, you know, it's not going to be like, this is going to be, we're going to feel the impact of what we just went through for a long, long time. Right. And I think too, um, you mentioned just we're all taking in things and our educators are no different. They're taking on so much environmental trauma from the students that they work with and just being able to make sure they're okay. But for the teachers and the principals and anyone who works in school, it's really tough because it's like they can't have a bad day. 
because they have to mm. bring everything they can for their students. And then principals have to bring everything for their community and their teachers. And it's really hard to not have a bad day, even when you need to sometimes. Yes, we, <laughs> yes, I have many bad days at times. And, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, we're, we're human, you know, like we have to remember that we're human and that, um, not only like we could have a bad day, but, you know, or we could have, you know, we have life happening around us, right. you know, like it doesn't, right. like we can be teaching a room full of, you know, 23 second graders. And at the same time, you know, we're dealing with um, lots of other not great things. I mean, because life happens for all of us, you know, um, I mean, I was very open with my staff during the pandemic because, you know, Obviously, like that, you know, everybody's experiencing that and there's that trauma that, you know, I, I was dealing with, my mother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's the week before the world shut down, mm. right? And so mm. here I am leading a school trying to get everybody through all of this, dealing yeah. with that in the back of my head and, you know, as, as mm. like, obviously that's a huge thing. And I admitted to my staff, I was like, listen, I'm human and this is a hard thing I'm going through. And, you know, you they saw me cry. They saw me take some time to go and, and visit mm-hmm. my family. You know, they they saw me being real. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that more of us need to do that because I do think I've talked to lots of principals and other educators that have been going through the diff- different things and, you know, and they mm-hmm. try to hide it and they try to like, you know, okay, I'm, you know, yeah. I'm going to come in to work and I'm going to like do my job. And then, and I'm like, we can't compartmentalize like that. It just doesn't work. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about in this last year was just um, from the principal lens of just how jarring a lot of our work is. And when I say that, I mean, I found that people came back really angry after the pandemic Mm. in terms of just society and what we were having to deal with. So you can put on the best face, very professional, and you're getting screamed and yelled at by a parent. Mm. And it came harder, I felt like, after pandemic. Mm. I mean, we've had angry parents, but it just came rougher. And I'm not sure if it landed differently because of post-pandemic, but you'd have Mm. that. And then the very next minute, you'd have to turn and put on a happy face and be out with your kids Mm -hmm. and not let your teachers Mm -hmm. see that stress because they didn't want to take on that stress. So I just Mm -hmm. felt like I I use the word abuse, and I know some people may not Mm -hmm. like that word, but I do feel there was an element of educators just being really abused and people forgetting we Mm -hmm. are human. Yeah. I tell people last year, especially, so, you know, last year was the year of that we were like, you know, back, right? Like sort of, I mean, mostly, but I've tell people that that last year was my hardest year in my career in education. Mm, And everyone's like, what? It couldn't have been (laughs) like, you know, you were back. And I was like, it, it was, it was like, you know, because we were back. And like you said, I, I I agree. People were, you know, just not nice. <laughs> yeah. And even more yeah. so. And and then the expectations were all right back there. And, you know, like I tried really hard to kind of continue to give that message to my staff because I do feel like that's the other piece of like the principal role is like I have always kind of felt that way. Like I'm the buffer, right? I'm going to, I'm the like mm-hmm. mama bear. I'm like, you know, like don't yes. mess with my people, right? I'm going <laughs> to yes. protect them because they're, you know, protect the people that are protecting the little people. That's right. <laughs> so yes. that's a lot, a lot to, to bear with. And, you know, and I, I think teachers often 
you know, would have no idea that because I'm not going to, you know, say like, oh, you're never going to believe this parent that just came in right. and, you know, what they're on a rampage. But because I want to like, I want them to be able to focus on the kids, right? Mm-hmm. And so like we as principals, I think, yeah, we took a lot. We took a lot of hits. You know, I said, I felt, there were times I said, I felt like I was run over by a Mack truck, um, yeah. you know, and that was just a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, um, you know, and it's, yep. and now I think this year, um, I'm, I'm the president of our state association for Massachusetts, MSAA, and We've been talking a lot with our commissioner of education about this, you know, nobody wants to, like, it's not like people are like, hey, I want to come become a principal because the job seems so glamorous. (laughs) Um, And we're, we're in trouble here that we're going to, we're going to run out of people to be the leaders in the schools and we have to change that. Right. You know, and so Mm -hmm. we have to really kind of show people that, you know, it's, it is an important job and it is one that, you can be successful. And I mean, I love my, I do love my job. You know, I love mm-hmm. what I do. I wouldn't do it if I didn't love it. But, you know, we have been taking hits for a while here. And that, that part is not sustainable if, you know, if that keeps yeah. up. And I think people just need to recognize. And I think principals need to be, you need to kind of, you know, speak up and share the humanness of them. Um, you know, just like we kind of have to do with our staff, like, and just tell people, you know, I mean, I've always been very honest with my parents um, about, you know, who I am and and how I view the job and that, you know, yes, I'm the principal of the school, but I'm also a mom, you know, and I'm also mm. a member of society who is living through, you know, all the tough times too. And, and yeah. that I just have kind of open conversations with them so they understand. And I feel like the more we do that, the better um, mm. instead of kind of just you know, not speaking up and just kind of putting our head down and just doing the work because that's Mm -hmm. not going to help us kind of move forward together. Yeah. I'm really curious. You talked about messaging to staff in your leadership with your school. What kinds of things are you doing to make sure that they know it's okay to take care of themselves? Mm. A couple of things that I, I actually borrow a lot from, I mean, I'm grateful. I've talked about this before with lots of people, but we have this amazing program here in Massachusetts called Soul of Leadership. It is a professional development for principals. And I was super lucky that I signed up for this before the pandemic. So I was part of it leading into the pandemic. And a big premise of soul leadership is just this idea that, you know, we need to take care of ourselves as school leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we do a lot of mindfulness practices. We do a lot of meditation. We do a lot of, you know, it could be other creative outlets, could be using art, could be definitely we use a lot of poetry. You know, some people might see like there's a lot of activities that I have brought back and used with my staff. And some people would see them as like, oh, this is like a touchy feely, like happy thing. And, you know, <laughs> and it's not. It's really about just connecting with the people that are working in the building and helping them. And so just that pro being part of that program has helped me because, you know, now I implement mindfulness a lot in my own life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like just one minute of stopping and, you know, I'll do an activity and I tell the staff about this too, where I'm sitting in my, in my chair and I like put my feet on the ground and I just focus on my feet. Um, and I breathe for a minute, right? Everybody has a minute that you can do that. And just the difference mm-hmm. that that makes to then kind of get up and go and go back to doing what you were doing. Um, 
I do a lot of mindfulness activities that I provide for my staff. I also provide it for the students too, um, you know, and I encourage staff to kind of find what works for them. But I'm always sharing like, you know, oh, here's this great little short video clip or, you know, the Calm app is one that I use with my own kids at home. So I tell my staff about that or, you know, I use it for myself. Actually, I just tried out a new app. I think it's called Breathe. Um, it's supposed to it's supposed to bring about deeper sleep at night, right? So I'm, I'm mm. trying that out to see um, if that works. <laughs> um, and and then I'm also just again I'm like very honest with my staff and 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 telling them like listen, you know, because educators are hard on themselves. They're really hard on themselves. Yes, and you know, so and I, I always say to them when I come into a new school, I'm like. I don't know, like, you know, obviously, I'm not sure how things have been before, but this is how I operate. And, you know, don't stress, <laughs> don't panic, mm-hmm. you know, like, relax, like everything will, you know, we'll accomplish what we need to accomplish. I'm not going to be coming around with a clipboard and checking off and making sure like this is done exactly this way. Because, you know, like that's nobody functions like that. <laughs> nobody functions mm-hmm. well, um, mm-hmm. you know, in that kind of environment. So, it's a lot of just me kind of sometimes it's in individual conversations with staff. Sometimes it's, you know, as a group, you know, whenever we come together. I mean, one of the things I did in this new school is that we don't have faculty meetings. We don't have staff meetings. We changed the name because I said, I, I don't. I don't like to do staff meetings. So we have staff mm. collaboration time. Right. And so I and mm. I am like conscious of that every time we're in a, another discussion you know during the, a different day of the week somebody will say oh maybe we're going to do that at staff meeting i was like oh we don't have staff meetings remember and they're like oh right no staff collaboration time so like mm-hmm. just even changing the wording um mm-hmm. so that it changes the mindset of you know what the feel in the school is yeah and uh, you know the, so those are some things i've done you know i said how i i definitely use um I use a lot of could be quotes, could be poetry, like, you know, words. I'm a big that's like my my love language is is, you know, words of affirmation is like mm-hmm. <laughs> I could all day every day I I like to yeah. collect poetry and quotes and I actually was a poetry major in college, so mm. <laughs> it's like it's still coming. I'm still using it. Um so, you know, I share poetry with staff and try to, to try mm. to get them to, you know, I might start off a meeting with, you know, a poem, um, or a quote. I might have them do like an art activity that's, you know, mm-hmm. um, gonna help them to kind of just center themselves. So I try to do those are things that, you know, I've do for myself. And then I'm also mm-hmm. trying to, to share it with the staff. Oh, I love that so much. Liz, thank you for sharing that. That was incredible. Okay, we are almost at the tail end of this. And so we transition to our fast five. So this is an opportunity Mm -hmm. for our audience to learn a little more about you. And we have a little fun. So are you game? Okay, sure. All right, let's go. One word or sentence to these questions. Favorite leadership book? Oh, God, it's so hard to pick one. Um, (laughs) I would say... I'm going to say Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. I mean, that is my all-time go-to favorite. (laughs) Yeah. And her podcast is great, too, for that. Um, Favorite app? Well, I already mentioned it. I would say the Calm app. I really like it. I love using it with Mm -hmm. myself and with my kids. Yeah. Best Amazon find for work? Well, I'm actually getting ready to order a new one, but um, it's a speaker on wheels with a disco ball. Um, I use it oh at school gosh. for like lobby dance parties and my one I've had for a while just died. So I'm ordering a new one. <laughs> okay. I need to find that that thing. That's great. Okay. <laughs> favorite song to put you in a good mood? 
Oh, this is hard too. Um, I'm married to a musician, so like music is a big part of our <laughs> life. But I would say it's kind of a toss up between um, I love the Megan Trainer song "Better When I'm Dancing," but I also love um, from The Greatest Showman, "This Is Me." That's always a good mm. pump up song. Yes, it's a great song. Okay, last question. One tip you would tell your first year principal self? <laughs> what did you, what are you getting? No, just, uh, what are you doing? No, um, I would say <laughs> the, no, the biggest one probably would be, you know, reach out and connect with others. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely tried to do it alone <laughs> early on. So I would say, you know, connect and beg and borrow and steal and, and you know, collaborate with other leaders. Yeah, absolutely. I know you're a big believer in that. All right, Liz, if listeners want to connect with you, how should they do so? Um, so, well, I'm on Twitter. Uh, it's very easy to find me on there at Principal Garden. And, you know, I have, um, I actually have to get back to, I, I used to share a lot of uh, a blog, but now I have just a new platform I'm using. So uh, it's called the Clough Connector at .weebly.com, but I'll start sharing that more. But um, people can connect through there. And then they can also email me, lgarden at murs.org. Fantastic. Liz, thank you so much for this time together. And again, thank you for just showing up. I mean, this was really an honor and I appreciate it so much. Oh, it was so great to chat with you on way over on the West Coast. <laughs> yes. Wow, such an honest and affirming conversation with Principal Liz Garden. There were so many points I could resonate with. And the big takeaway I hope that you hear is that you are not alone. If you know a fellow leader that would benefit from this episode, make sure to share it with them. And please know I appreciate and see all of you. We will be back in two weeks with new episodes. I wish you all a wonderful holiday season and new year. Until then, this is Dr. Shana Henry with the Principles of Success podcast. Thank you.